hello, and welcome to Things That Make You Go Woo. I'm your host, Emily Barnard, also known as Emily and Her Stars. I'm a medium, an astrologist, an Akashic Records reader, an artist, and an all-around just silly and curious gal. In this podcast, I'll be sharing the things and people I find fascinating, funny, and inspirational. Things that I hope will certainly make you go woo, too. Hello, everyone, and welcome uh, to today's episode. I'm so excited. Today's guest is just an exceptional soul, and I'm so lucky to call her a friend. Uh, Today's guest is Diane Ludeking. I had the pleasure of meeting Diane in this development workshop with Danielle Serank of the Squamish Medium. And I was so lucky I got paired with Diane to do a practice mediumship reading and connected to your sweet grandpa, Diane. And I just remember describing a tractor and she held up her shirt and was like, you mean like this one? I was like, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So we just hit it off instantly. We have a a connection to Minnesota and a bond around animals and everything about it just clicked. So I wanted to bring Diane on today and share her with you because she is magic. And the woo that she embraces is so different than anything I personally do. And there's this quote she has on her website that says, we are each born to a body and leave our body. And the life shared in between with an animal is special and like no other bond possible in this realm. And I just think that describes everything I want to talk about and more. So welcome, Diane. Thank you for being here today. I'm so glad to be here, Emily. And I don't even remember that quote, but it just gave me goosebumps. (laughs) It's you. It's all you, sister. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. (laughs) So I, let's see, we've only known each other now, maybe a little over a year, I think. We met in, in Spirit Circle and in the development group. And yeah, we just, I was so excited to be paired with you that first week. You're so kind. Your energy is just so loving. And I didn't realize, I think, that first time we connected what your woo-woo superpower is. So tell me everything about your woo power. (laughs) My woo power. Well, it's always um, like daily. I feel like I'm discovering more Uh about it. And um, yeah, our first reading together was a year ago in June. I had to look back. You're like, wow, wow. I've known Emily over a year. <laughs> I love that. My, yeah, I guess, well, like my woo is I actually really love being fully present with people, like kind of one-on-one or in groups and just going really deep with people. And um, I can ask like really challenging questions, but it always seems to create movement and like a different form of healing for people. So I always feel like that's one of my big woos. Um, but then also, of course, with animals, I just grew up around them. I grew up on a little farm with sheep and cattle and rabbits and horses and a variety of fowl and um, other animals that just kind of came and went throughout my childhood. I just spent some time saying goodbye to that land um, that um, we is no longer in the family. And it was really wonderful to just like walk the land and like still feel like the presence of the sheep and the cattle and the horses there. And even the, like, I know we had coyotes and fox that would travel across the property and just like, I'm getting goosebumps again, like just (laughs) feeling all of that. Like it was magical, magical land, a wonderful place to grow up. Oh, I love that. Yep. So I think my woo, um, even, you know, as a child, I didn't know, but I think I kind of just naturally blended with the energy of the animals. And, um, and I just like knew things about them. And it just was like the most peaceful and safe place to be. Did you have, uh, well, you, of course you were born and they were already there and around you. Did you have brothers and sisters that were as interested in them as you? Yes. I'm the youngest of five. So yeah, and (laughs) I have one sister, she's nine years older than me, and she really um, got me into horses. And um, we're just like, the best of friends now as adults. 
but I always remember being super competitive with her as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, she definitely um, helped introduce me to a different sort of way of being with animals too. And then I ended up going on to college to get a bachelor's in animal science uh, with a horse emphasis even. Um, And uh, so I love like blending science and spirituality. I love that. That's my jam. I'm with you, sister. Because it's so amazing. The deeper we get into the science, the more we find that the woo is right there with it the whole time. Yes. And there's even more and more research around like epigenetics that just fascinates me because I've always like just felt that on some level like my ancestors are literally in my DNA and my siblings like are in my DNA because I feel like being the youngest like each one of them was in the womb and they blended with mother they were born the next one blended with mother and so it's like I have this unique um, position as the youngest like carrying all of the essence of my siblings too. (laughs) Oh, that's very cool. I always said to my brother that I like left him crib notes, (laughs) little notes in mom's womb, like, okay, here's what to expect. Right. (laughs) So you even talked a little bit on your website about training and racing. And so how far down the path of horses and thoroughbreds and all of that did you go? Um, I went pretty far down the road. Um, I think there's no modality I haven't, I hadn't experienced with horses. I trained two-year-olds, like, so the young horses, I would be the first one to introduce them to saddle and rider and all of that. And then I did a lot of Western reining and um, not as as much cattle work as I would have wanted. I always thought that would have been fun. And then a lot of um, like dressage and jumping. And then I had an internship in college at a racetrack here in Minnesota at Canterbury Park. And I just fell in love with that. (laughs) And I, for a time when I worked there, I had imagined like, I could really become like a carny. Like it was a carny lifestyle. And I can just travel like wherever, you know, because we have winters here in Minnesota. So the track closes and I was like, I'm going to go to Florida or like, and I did actually for a while I went to Florida and I got my galloping license at Tampa Bay Downs. Um, So it was, that was an amazing experience to be on the racetrack. I I was an exercise rider. Mm -hmm. And then um, on race days, I would be the pony rider. So I would, I would get to be on the track and the stands are full uh, and it was really exciting. That there is something so magical. And I don't know if boys feel it around horses the same way girls do, but I too had this deep connection to horses as a little girl. My aunt uh, in California, she's my mom's older sister, always had polo ponies. Uh, her husband was big into polo and, and I would go out there and spend the summers and loved being with the horses. It was like the only time in my life I was okay to get up early. (laughs) Definitely (laughs) not a morning person. But I just remember the awe of being in a stable, even with a horse that's so much bigger than you, and having them put their head down to you and nuzzle you or just kind of lean into you. And there's just this moment where you look into their eyes that are huge. You know, you're just a little kid and there's just a marvel and a magic that happens in that moment. And I would come home then at the end of summer and not have a horse and be very sad and wish for one. I think even on my 16th birthday, I wanted a a Jetta with a pony in the trunk. That's like all I wanted. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Right. But it is magic. And, and I don't know what it is about horses, if it's the lifelong connection we've had through working with them in fields, being one of the earliest animals we domesticated, what that connection is, but it feels very much, I think the same way it does with dogs in a way, because it's, there's a level of understanding that we're in a symbiotic relationship. You know, they need us, but we need them. How fascinating that you followed the race circuit. How long did you do that? Um, I, 
it was, um, I think I did two different summers mm -hmm. there. And then um, I had moved to Florida to kind of continue <laughs> on there. Um, but it is, it was a really interesting industry. Um, there was, um, you know, like any industry, it has its shadow and its dark sides too. And I really got to, um, to learn about how like some horses love to race, like they really, really love it. And there's other horses that just want to be some kids 4-H pony. <laughs> but they're it's being the same as people, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but they're being made, they're being forced to be race horses. So I did see a lot of a lot of that of like clearly this horse loves to race and clearly this one does not like, can we do something ab about that? Right. And um, it's a, it's a time I will never forget because I think that it, um, it just deepened my connection with horses even more. Mm -hmm. And um, it's difficult because you can't, I mean, you can advocate for them, but you can't always change their circumstances. Right. So I just love to, um, to just, remind them how beautiful they are and send them on their way for their journey. Cause I think kind of, you know, I believe I chose my journey and I think, and from a lot of my sessions with animals, they choose their journey too. So oh, sometimes wow. they're there to experience some of that discomfort or, um, uh, and it also helps. I think if people are willing to be open and listen, it really teaches and reflects back to people. Mm -hmm. about where spirit maybe wants them to look a little deeper too. Oh my gosh, that's fascinating. At what point did you kind of figure out that what you knew about horses was more than just science and textbooks? Like when did the woo start to creep in that you knew? I think ever since I was a kid, like yeah. like it was just a normal way to be with animals. It was me. there was no difference, right? It was yeah. always there. Mhm. Mm yeah, I just knew like new things about them. It's not that I would necessarily he like hear them say words or phrases. I just knew like, oh, this horse is sore in their front leg or he's really happy to be grazing or I would just know things about him. And it the last couple of years, I've probably I've really leaned into developing it more. Um, so it's fun to reflect back and be like, wow, as a kid, like I just knew it and did it. And now I'm really trying to hone in and fine tune it. Well, you say on your website that you stepped away from it for a while because it was so overwhelming, like this feeling. And when you do connect to the other side, and I imagine this is what it's like with animals too, you feel this immense unconditional love mm -hmm. that's so overwhelming that it can be scary. And mm -hmm if that was super intense, I can see where you were like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to back away from this for a little bit. So is that really what, what happened? You just needed to take some time away. Yeah. I think there's, um, several points in my life, uh, where I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to really advocate for animals in this way, become a voice for them. I'm going to do animal communication and I would connect with spirit and I would just ball. Mm -hmm. and cry and then like the crying would never stop <laughs> so I was like I'm done I'm not a crier I'm a very proud farm tough girl <laughs> and it was just so overwhelming to feel that unconditional love from spirit and from connecting in that way with animals and I was just like I cannot be a bumbling fool and <laughs> I can't get through day. my days like this this isn't gonna work <laughs> <laughs> yeah Yes. So it just, um, it would get too intense and be too much and I'd step away. Mm -hmm. um, and then now I still, at the end of most sessions, I'm brought to tears, but I just lean into it now. It's just beautiful. <laughs> so when you moved away from the racing and out of Florida, because you're back in Minnesota now, yeah. What led you to smaller animals? Because you, you've been now with horses for a long time and you've taken some shifts. What did that look like? Yeah, I, I experienced my life in such polarities, I think, like the opposite ends of the spectrum. Like I'm a farm girl and I love the country and being around animals, but I also love the city and everything that has to offer. And I love like walking down the street and seeing people that don't look like me and experiencing things that I didn't grow up with. 
So I ended up moving to the city and um, I do have one horse now and I board him outside of the city and, and it's hard. So I'm like, I kind of want to get back to the country <laughs> and be with my horse, but the city. Uh, so then I got a dog and a couple cats to be close companions in the city mm -hmm. and, um, and just always kind of had a knack around them as well. You're the girl that goes to the party, I imagine, and like all the household animals that hide under beds, like they're over in the corner around you and the birds are on your arms. It's like very Snow White. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> it is very magical. Um, like I'll go, my dog passed away about five years ago, but I still go with my friend to the dog park with her dog. And um, I do a lot of healing work in my sessions now too. And like dogs will literally come over and sit on my feet. Wow. because they need grounding mm -hmm. like they literally are trying to put their root chakra like on my feet and like, <laughs> bring me down bring me down help me ground it's crazy here <laughs> uh, so yeah like just random dogs will do that in the, the dog park like this one big husky came like running up behind me and he like poked me right in my bum <laughs> and and i was like i know that's how dogs greet each other but but no, no, thank you. Yeah. But he kept doing it. Like he, he'd run off and then he'd sneak up behind me and like poke me in my bum again. And I <laughs> finally turned around and I was like, what's your deal? And then he just had this, like, let's play like energy about him. So I started like doing how dogs do, they get like down low and they're Bounce back and forth. Back. So I started like doing that with him and he just went bonkers with happiness. <laughs> Oh just weird stuff like that happens it's really magical he knew you would understand he's like no you you're the one <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the the dog's human was like he's never done that before what's <laughs> happening and i was like we're just playing i actually think it was a friend's dog that was kind of coming through him too like it was a weird um like i felt my friend's dog who had passed was sort of like involved in the whole scenario like he orchestrated it um and it turned out that was the day my friend's dog had died it was like the anniversary of his death oh my god so i had to call her and be like your guy he's still around yeah oh that's so sweet i never thought about animals coming through to other animals i these are just such basic things they seem so obvious now when i say them out loud but that i had never thought of it that way yeah yeah every every day every time i connect with it, an animal they teach me something and expand me like they're my main expanders yeah. in life so now that you're okay you've you've had this gift since childhood at what point did you decide okay i'm i'm gonna tell people because <laughs> it's a little like coming out of the the mediumship closet or any of the other things we do and we tell people we do things that are woo that aren't necessarily mainstream what happens the first time you tell people, yes, I can talk to your animal? Because you've done this for me. You've done it for my mom, um, for both of our dogs. And I have to tell you, the evidence you brought through was mind-blowing. I, I gave you a photo, and we set aside some time for him to kind of be calm, and then you connect. So tell us about this. I want to know what you see, because this is so fascinating to me. Yeah, I've had... Um family members be like it's just a photo isn't that like judging a book by its cover and I'm like no not at all like I like I'm just connecting with the spirit the soul of who's in that mm -hmm. physical body and like it's how I picked my naturopath like I, I, I'm always like when I'm shopping yeah. for people I like show me a photo then I'll know <laughs> And she's an amazing naturopath. And so it's just how I've been able to connect. Like, I'm not just connecting with, with that image or that, you know, the dog might've been really happy or sad in the photo, but mm -hmm. I, I go like beyond that moment and just connect with the, the spirit and the soul of them. Well, that's so interesting because when I was first developing and I was working with uh, Monica Tenkate, she would have us each week during our practice, we would be given a photo and one would be a person that was living and one was a person that was um, passed and on the other side and it we had to connect through both photos and feel that energy was different you know sometimes with a, a departed loved one you get how things were versus 
when someone was still alive, I remember connecting through a photo and it was more about that moment. I would pick up the pieces when that photo was taken. So I never even considered doing that with an animal. Yeah. I have a difficult time telling the difference if they're still um, living or on the other side. Hmm. Um, So it's something that's one of the things I'm still trying to hone in on and Mm -hmm. see, like, sometimes I'll just ask the spirit, like, are you, are you, on the plane are you on the earth plane entirely on the spirit plane and a lot of times they won't tell me darn I'm gonna have to really like <laughs> lean into this and figure out some other some other way so yeah it's not that's not one of my my magic woos but the information you can pull out is amazing I mean from traumatic events or you know things they don't understand even their diet what do you feel is the most important reason for someone with a pet to want to communicate? Like what's the biggest takeaway for communicating with your animal? Um, a lot of times people just want to know, like if they're, if their animal's off or they've been to the vet and the vet's like, we don't know their blood works fine. We don't know what's happening. A lot of times they, um, they want to take it to the next level and like ask the animal, so a lot of times it's health issues or behavior issues. Sometimes people really are just curious, like, what is my animal going to say? Right. <laughs> are they going to tell on me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that we uh, get a few more snacks than we should. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and then I just trust that whatever needs to happen for that animal happens. And sometimes it is just like an hour of healing and energy clearing for them. I've um, connected with a lot of rescued dogs from the Southern States in the United States, and even a few dogs from Mexico. And it turns out that there's like a council of lost and found dogs in the spirit realm that I've like started connecting them to this council. And it's so, so beautiful. This one dog had, it was one of these rescues and I was communicating with him and and then like this representative of this council for lost and found dogs like showed up and they like formed a circle around him and they were just like, we're all here for you. Some of them had been deceased. A lot of them were still living, but they were like, we're all going through something similar. Like we're here to support you and love you. And by the end of the session, that dog sitting in the middle, like turned to each one of them and did like a bodhisattva bow to them. I now see all of you and the dog just felt so supported on on that like spiritual energy level. This is so interesting. So if a dog, cause I, I work through the Akashic record sometimes and through astrology to sort of find out where a soul is at in its journey. You know, what are the, the big pressing lessons coming out of us in this, in this incarnation? Do dogs go through that too? Are there multiple levels, multiple layers? And I mean this for cats and horses and birds and cockroaches and all of the animal realm. <laughs> what what does that other side look like for them? It's um, I don't know. It's really really pretty magical. It feels like being among angels, mm-hmm. I guess, and even you know, it's kind of cliche, but there's like that. <laughs> sort of like angel like yeah. symphony there it's just you know those are the sessions I cry the most because it's like the whole thing is just that unconditional love and well, that's they- so fascinating um when I had Melinda on and she had a near-death experience she talked about the music mm-hmm. she heard on the other side and it is this angelic sort of hum that I think yeah carries us through yeah they I think some of them that I've connected with, I think have been a little bit newer in their journey and in their incarnations and others are healers. Like they have come to heal the family they're with. So they'll have a purpose with their family. And um, so some of them are like more advanced, I guess you could say. Um, I don't really like to put levels on it, but there's definitely different ways that they communicate So yeah, there is probably different sort of phases they go through on the other side. And there, a couple animals are even like trying to help their humans find another animal 
animals that have passed, they're like, I'm not ready to come through yet or again for you, but this is how you will know you found your next dog to be with. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's different for each connection. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is maybe your favorite connection? Like, do you love connecting to horses more than dogs, lost dogs, found dogs? Like what stands out? Because I would think every single one of them would be magical in their own way. So it's got to be hard to even pluck a few out. Yeah, it is hard. They're all very magical. A lot of them will have like messages for their humans because they're kind of our avatar. Mm -hmm. They're like our mirror. And um, probably one of my favorite sessions was a cat that I connected with during the pandemic. And she was in this home with a husband and wife and then must have been like a teenage son or maybe early 20s. And the cat was depressed. Like she was so depressed. Uh, So it was one of those situations where the family was like, the vet has no idea what's going on. Our cat has changed. Like what's going on? And she was so amazing. She was like, you all are like at each other's throats. Like you've been like locked in this prison of a home for a year and you all need to get a hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Like she was like, so, so like the mother, you need to like take up crafting and like the dad, he needs to go fishing and spend some time in the woods and the son, he could maybe do some art or something. Like the cat was just like, you all need to work on yourselves and then you can come back together. You're bringing me down. (laughs) Yeah. And and then like the healers, like this cat totally had all these healers and her, her spirit group was there. So they did some energy clearing in the home and cleared the energy and shifted. So I think this is what a lot of people don't know about at least the type of animal communicating I do is like true alchemy like the animals can shift the energy for their own trajectory as well as the people in their lives like and what ended up happening was the cat was like if things don't change I need to be rehomed like I need to be like taken out of this home and wow somewhere else and the son ended up moving out taking the cat with him so like she totally changed the whole trajectory of that family Mm -hmm. and last I knew she was much happier um just living with the son and even if if that changed again it's like whoa like that cat totally just did that right and I (laughs) I love that it's like such a cat sassy thing to say like you all need a hobby (laughs) you're driving me crazy up in this space (laughs) But it's so true when we connect and listen to them, we can allow their energy to shift our energy. Yeah. Yes. And that's what I love about my, my clients are so motivated. Like they understand that I, that the cat isn't like an Island, I guess, you know, or their dog or their horse that we get, we don't get wounded alone. We can't heal alone. Even if we are injured in an accident where it seems like we're the only one involved, the people around us are affected by that accident, that injury, that wound. And, you know, if a cat or a dog or whatever is not feeling well, like the humans, oftentimes there's a something there that also needs to be shipped because they are our avatar and mirror. And I, that's what I love about animals is how can you make me a better person? And how can I be better for you? And like that's my favorite part about living with them. They just challenge me all the time. <laughs> oh, I love this. I I know when you read for um, my mom's dog, he we don't we didn't really realize before your reading that he had a hard time hearing, and now she makes a really big point every time she leaves the house to get really close look him in the eyes and say you know this is these are the errands i'm running <laughs> this is where i've got to go i'll be back and the time she does it he's comfortable in the chair happy when she gets home if she forgets or he doesn't 
you know, they don't make eye contact or like that's just in passing that she tells him he's waiting at the back door kind of nervous. So she's really shifted her energy and slowed down and doesn't rush out of the house quite so fast. So she takes those few minutes to connect with him and then he's happier too. So it's that full circle of, of soul shifting together. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and that, that's where I've seen the most results in the animals too, is if, you know, sometimes I'll, things come up in the session where I'll recommend a, a product and I can like muscle test for it um, in the session and see if it will actually be helpful and resonate for them. And, you know, I can do a lot energetically to shift things and introduce different vibrations to them. But so often, like there's got to be a level of where the human also sort of looks at how am I contributing to this? And not to say that we make our animals sick, because again, they've signed up for that. That's their contract. They've come to be with you to experience something and to help you also. So we never really unintentionally cause our animals to be sick or unhealthy. You know, it's all part of the journey for both of you. Mm -hmm. uh, so I never want people to feel like, oh no, I made my dog sick. You know, that's not what's happening. Um, it's like both and. So like now let's see the magic that can happen as you both work together to get through this. Uh, this came up when you were talking and I, I know their senses are on another level from us. Can we tap into those little senses? <laughs> can we pick up on what they know? Because it's got to be such an incredibly large array of information that's constantly coming at them. Yeah, I think in particular with the with elderly animals that they can get like a little bit of dementia. And in particular, um, I'm thinking of this one dog who was geriatric, she was slowing down and she, she showed me how she was sort of in this in between realm. And it was this really beautiful like meadow on the edge of the woods. And like, this was sort of her in between realm. And she was like, if you to her humans, her message to her humans was, if you catch me like staring off into space, like I am connecting more and more to that other side and getting ready to leave. And I think it can also happen in the younger, the younger animals too, just because they are so, I think much more connected to the unseen and the unheard, at least what we as humans can't see in here. Right. And they do have um, a lot of times if they've been, um, especially in this life with a, a companion pet, they're oftentimes still connected to them when they pass. And there was a horse I had connected with once who had lost its herd boss. So there's like the hierarchy and pecking order with, with horses and the boss horse had passed. And this other horse was like, I don't know if I can step up and do that and was really sad and depressed and missing its really grounding force buddy. And what the healers did was connected them again, like this energy cord connected them. And the horse was like, whoa, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so like their spirit group and healers come in too and they help. He's much happier now that he still has this connection to that horse. And he's like, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can step up and call on, call on my buddy to help me lead this herd now. <laughs> wow. Oh, you said on your website that you sat with a mountain lion at the mm -hmm. end of her life. Are wild animals different to connect to? What have you experienced it much? They, they do feel much, they have that more wild primal energy to them that very much like the circle of life mm -hmm. for them The yeah she was somebody's pet unfortunately mm -hmm. somebody had gotten her as a pet kept her in a cage in her basement she got really sick and septic and they brought her to the clinic I was working at and she was in the back room um and they were trying to sedate her and draw blood and discovered that she was she was not going to recover she was so sick so I went into that room and there was a bucket like right inside the door. 
And I just sat on the bucket there with her for like a half hour. And I cried with, with her. Like I just helped her sort of process this um, very unnatural life that right. she had. <laughs> right. And, um, but again, it was an experience that she had had in some way been in agreement with or else it wouldn't have happened. And, and she was just really thankful to have, like, have me sit there with her during like her last few days mm-hmm. and just help sort of move that through. And I think it's important, um, like I'll go through animal shelters and um, a lot of times the dogs in particular don't know they're supposed to be sad about being there. It's the people that come to visit. It's Sarah McLaughlin making me cry every time I see the commercial. <laughs> no. I know. don't know. They're supposed to be sad when they're there. Yeah. Oftentimes when a dog, like a dog in particular shows up at a shelter, they're just like, okay, what's next? What's going on? And then it's the people that come through that are so sad and have pity for them that makes the dogs be like, oh, oh, what? What's happening to me? That is fascinating. Yeah. So to them, it's just another adventure. Yeah. They're they're waiting for their next human, or you know, it's just like part of the journey for them. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying, I have a lot of friends that do animal rescue and I'm always trying to stress that to them, like never feel bad for them because sometimes a cat on the street is literally traveling to her forever home. And if we pull her off the street thinking we're saving her, we've actually um, made her our prisoner. So I love people that do animal rescue. It's another both and situation where um, like, I wish that everybody could tap in to that cat on the street and be like, are you going home or are you, are you on your way to your forever home? Or do you need to come with me? Right. It's very, it's a flag. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) We all need those little, I've seen a lot of dogs on Instagram lately that have the mats with the, it's like a push button and they, people um, record voices in and then they can talk back to you like outside or treat or play. And I think all animals need to carry around a little mat, even if it's just yes and no. (laughs) Right. (sighs) I know that would be so much easier. Like actually, yes, I need a bath and some food and and help me find my forever home or nope, I'm good. good. I'm I'm on my way. Passing through. (laughs) Oh, that is so cool. Well, I, I wanted to share too how we decided to do this interview because I know I kind of pushed you a little bit to come on. (laughs) I was waiting. (laughs) (laughs) We on Fridays have a meditation group with um, Danielle and spirit circle. And we sit, it's called sitting in the power together where we, as a group set aside this, you know, 15, 20 minutes to meditate together at the same time. And a lot of times it's fascinating. We will pick up the same color, or I know we've picked up roses in the past or a phrase will come through, but something inevitably will kind of be a common thread. And about two weeks ago, we were, sitting in the power and we got done. And I think a lot of people that week saw pink or there was a few little things going through, but you said something about an eagle and I nearly fell out of my chair because (laughs) it was a powerful meditation for me. And I visualized this eagle flying in front of me and he was showing me this idea of the ebb and flow of life, right? And we have, when his wings were moving through the air, I'm going to try to say this as succinctly and beautifully as he said it to me, but essentially you can, you can glide. Yes. And things are fine, but you also have to put in the power to move the air and the energy around you. And it looks like it might be difficult or it might feel like it's different, but you have to go through these transitions and these movements in order to fly, right? You have to take the good with the bad in order to fly. But he said it beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you, I hadn't said anything about seeing him, I was just kind of keeping it to myself. But then you said you had this eagle 
in the meditation and I was like, get out of town. <laughs> so about three days later, I went, no, it wasn't even that long. Was it the next day? I think it was literally the next day. I went to a retreat uh, with this girlfriend and it was in a very rustic mountain lodge. And it's funny to meditate with like, you know, buffalo heads and deer heads and all these things around <laughs> you on the wall. Like, thank you for your life. I'm here. <laughs> but I, I laid down to meditate. And when I opened my eyes and I did not see it until this moment, there was a stuffed, I'm sorry to say, beautiful taxidermy golden eagle sitting on a log above my and I just pulled out my phone so fast and recorded it and sent it to you. And I was like, shut the front door. Look at this. <laughs> so for whatever reason, this eagle energy really pulled us together. And I thought it was so cute because I looked immediately. I looked up like, what does eagle mean? And it was talking about, you know, settling into your psychic powers and understanding the path that you're on. And I sent that to you and you were like, I never look it up. I just <laughs> feel into what they want <laughs> But I was like, well, that never occurred to me either. <laughs> but so beautiful. Now, what was your experience with Eagle? Because we both had pretty powerful weeks. Yes. I, um, very, I'm very blessed to live like across the street from the Mississippi River. So every day since I live in the city, I go to the river. And I get my nature that way. And I was just starting my walk. And there's like a little bit of a, like a backwash to the river where there's like this lagoon or like a small lake off of the Mississippi. And I always see birds. Like there's a lot of activity in that area. And I was walking along and I saw um, a great white egret. And I hadn't seen one all year. They're just like this dark, brilliant white. And, and they're so big. They're yeah. a big bird. Yeah. Yeah. And it was hanging out with some blue herons. Like I see mm. blue herons all the time. And I love them. But I was like, oh, I got to get a video of this great white egret. I never see them here. And of course, ever since, I see them every day now. <laughs> but, <laughs> So I pull out my phone and I'm like trying to get video and even some snapshots of it. And, and I think that my phone had dinged and I have a very old phone. It never dings. It never gives me notifications. And it was the, like the typewriter sound. So I was like, Oh, it's an email. Wait. And I'm like, wait, I never get emails. Like my phone never lets me know these things. So I pull, I'm like, I'm going to have to check this email out because it made it through all the noise of, <laughs> of all the other messages never making it through. <laughs> and it was from you. It was an email from you. Um, and was it, it might've been your invitation to uh, do the podcast interview. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh, of course. And so I'm looking at my phone, looking at my phone and I feel this like, like urgent need to look up, like almost like danger, look up. And I look up and there's this eagle like right above me flying down. And it was totally honed in on me. Like I was going to be at dinner or something. And it was, and like, we had this connection where I literally felt like I could have reached out and touched him. Oh. And, and as soon as he saw me see him, he was like, oh, okay, you got the message. And he like flew, flew off and I watched him soar off and what he was doing though, like he was sort of threatening to come in and like pierce my crown chakra, either with a talon or his beak. And I was like, oh, that's absolutely what I've been asking for. I've been focusing on my crown chakra and like opening that more and Eagle totally came in and was like, okay, I don't actually have to make you bleed here. <laughs> like, it's open. <laughs> it was so intense. Yeah. That is just incredible. I, uh, I'm speechless about it because you said even like you had a baseball hat on and it was like not a moment where you were going to be like, well, there's stuff. There's always something up above, right? But that he was so strongly telling you to look up. Yes. Yeah. I wear a baseball cap because on my walk home, the sun's always in my face, mm -hmm. but then I'm always, 
irritated because it's harder to look up and see the sky. There's always eagles and vultures and stuff flying around. So I was like, man, he went through a lot of resistance to <laughs> get that message. Thank you, Eagle. Thank you, Eagle. That oh, it was too cool. Well, before I let you go, I have a few um, questions that I ask all my guests. And the first one is, what is your favorite woo object and why? My favorite woo object? It's probably my horse hair um, from my horse that had died. He was like my soulmate horse. Mm. I and um, when he passed away, I took uh, most of his tail. He had this beautiful thick tail. Uh, so that probably is one of my favorite woo objects. And I had a bracelet made, a nice, beautiful braided bracelet I wear. And then I have a... Um, like a talking stick thing that was gifted to me from one of my first spiritual mentors. And it's, and I've always wanted one. So I have this really beautiful, I call it a talking stick, but it's made out of like copper and all kinds of gems. And it's really beautiful piece. It sits on my altar. What is a talking stick? I've never heard of one. It's, um, well, it's a name that I was gifted in a ceremony like 10 or 12 years ago, and I was super resistant to it. And I've learned that I need to lean into the things I resist because they <laughs> end up being the most magical things. Because <laughs> I took it literally, I was like, I don't talk very much. Like I'm, I'm an observer yeah. and I just kind of take things in and, I, and I'm, I'm like, I'm not a talking stick. I don't talk. No, I don't like that. But when I looked it up, it's used um, in ceremony oftentimes as the person that holds it is the one that speaks mm -hmm. and everyone else is quiet. Mm -hmm. So you don't have cross talk or people interrupting. So then I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally me. Like, <laughs> I, I love for people that are speaking to like hold the floor and be heard. Right. And it, nothing irritates me more than when there's like five other people talking at the same time or interrupting. and I'm. Like you, you all are just like thinking about how you're going to respond instead of actually listening and seeing me and witnessing this moment. So I was like, talking stick. I love it. <laughs> and now I have a beautiful, actual. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, what was your horse's name? Your spirit soulmate horse. I called him handsome. Handsome. Yeah. Because he was very handsome. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so precious. I love that. Um, okay. So you have passed. You're gone. And someone from this realm wants to talk to you. How do they summon you? They would well, probably go on a trail ride or oh. a trail walk with a horse or just be with horses. Because they really are my... Um, my soul resonates so much with them so a person if they can't if they don't have access to a horse then the other thing would be um read my book hopefully i write a book before I <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and like literally cast no pressure diane we need this <laughs> we need this book <laughs> yeah so hopefully um, like poetry or some, I have like a couple books in mind I want to, I want to write. Um, but literally like that would be like conjuring my spirit by casting a spell with my own words. And I have to say your newsletter is one I savor when I get it. I like, it's in my inbox. I wait till I have like my cup of tea and like 20 minutes of just quiet because you write beautifully. Are you did you go to school to be a writer? Were you, did you study English to be, to do literature, any of those things? Um, it's a, something that happened probably like 10 or 12 years ago when I was in um, a journaling class with uh, some other women, like a nice small circle of women and we did journaling prompts and stuff. And whenever I shared, people would always reflect back to me, like, you should be a writer. Yeah. Like, there's literally healing in your words. Mm -hmm. And so then I started exploring it, took some some classes. And it is one of the one of the other things that I really feel passionate about. 
It's beautiful. I, I love your newsletter. So for anyone who hasn't signed up already, I, I hope they will. Um, thank you for this today. How can everyone find you and what are your current offerings? Um, I am on Instagram at soul places underscore oasis. And that's probably the best way to find me. And then I also have soul places oasis.com is my website. And my offerings right now are um, animal communication and um, like energy medicine sessions for um, the animals still on the earth plane. And then I have an offering also for those that have crossed over an animal and spirit session. And then my third offering right now is um, a session for two or three animals that are still living on the earth plane where I connect with two or three animals that are in a herd or in a home and um, try and find some harmony. If there's some disharmony or for whatever reason, people are like, the, my um, dog and my rabbit aren't getting along, why? <laughs> <laughs> so, they have different taste in music. Why can't I? <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's those are my three current offerings. I love that, and I will um, include links to all of those in the show notes and on Instagram as well, so that everyone can find you because you you're just one of my favorite people, Diane. So yeah. thank you for this today. I learned so much about what I already thought I knew a lot about my animal friends that are on my feet right now as we're talking, but thank you for sharing this. And I, um, I hope we get some questions and stuff that come in. I'll direct them to you and we'll do this again. I, I so enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Emily. All right. Thanks, Diane. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of things that make you go woo. You can help me out by leaving a positive rating and a review wherever you downloaded this episode. Be sure and follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Emily and Her Stars. You can also reach out via email anytime, emilyandherstars at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on Things That Make You Go Woo.